Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday. I hope that you have had the most amazing week because you are deserving of that. I know that across the world, there is quite a lot happening. This world is seeing so much turmoil right now. And with that being said, your week may not be as happy. Your week may feel very restraint, constraint, You may have all kinds of thoughts and and ideologies going on in your mind right now. You're trying to figure out what side you should be on when it comes to the war that's happening. You might be on the side of it's all wrong and it's just so many things that's happening right now. I'm not here to make up your decision in your mind about what you should be thinking, how you should be feeling or how you should respond. We will talk about some things you probably shouldn't be doing on these internet streets in in consideration of what is happening. We will talk about that, but it's not my job to make up your mind for you. You have to do your own research. You have to know for your own mind. You can't even begin to trust celebrities. Know for yourself what you stand for, where you stand. That's the only thing I can say. But again, like we talked about last week, when you put something on the internet, it is final. Think about what it is that you're putting out there, what your voice needs to be, and how you want to show up in this world. Because once you make a stand, once you make a statement, it's out there for sure. So let's go ahead and get into this conversation. We're going to talk about quite a few things because there's a lot to talk about. But one of the things that I do want to talk about is, look, I have said from the beginning, I'm not here to change your mind, to persuade you to think one side or the other. That is not my job. I don't act like it's my job. So it is what it is, but there's just a couple of things that we just simply should not be doing. And that one thing is, is not using our platforms to put out misinformation, not using our platforms to try to capitalize off of what's happening. Now, what do I mean by capitalizing off of what's happening? There was a young lady on TikTok and I'm not about to give you her TikTok information because I'm not here to promote her. What I will say is How in the world did we get to the point where we're using war and the rumors of war and genocides and things that's going on for our own social media gain? I literally saw someone go on the internet and specifically TikTok saying a day in my life war edition. Where where do we start with that? Like, why are we doing this? Like, why are we like this? Why, why are we like this? Honestly, because at the end of the day, what, what, what are we getting out of this? I know that there's plenty of times that as a content creator, that you can make a content out of anything. They tell you, you know, everything is content. I like to change that and say everything with purpose is content. Now, maybe here, this particular person's purpose was to gain, you know, some type of notoriety. Maybe she was there to shake up things so that everybody can have something to talk about. Well, she's achieved that goal. But in a time of war, in a time of pain, in a time of loss where people are losing their lives, what I can't understand, what I won't settle for, what I won't be okay with is for people to again consider 
thinking that it's okay to make light of any type of war, especially where there's children being killed. Children who don't have a flag in this war. Children who don't have a say about what can and what should and what could be done. So if you are going to go on social media and make such documents and make such proclamations, I should say, not documents, but proclamations, please think about things prior to your posting. Because it's really outlandish and outrageous at this point how many people are utilizing this right now and capitalizing off of it and trying to make market this situation. And I'm just like, but for why and, and how, where, where are we at? Why are we like this? And I say we, cause I mean human people. I really don't understand why we are like this. There is nothing that we could be doing right now to monopolize off of the pain of others suffering. So I just want to put a little plug out there and say, please stop doing that. I can't tell you what to do and it's not my job to tell you what to do, but I'm just going to encourage you to not do that. Do a lot of things. Yes, there's a way to market a lot of things on social media. You can even market your own pain. I talk about my own mental health and wellness and about the failures that I've experienced, the things that felt like failures as I was going through them, the things that just made me feel like I was stifled in my, in my growth in life. But there's a way to talk about things. There's a way to do things and this is not it. I got so caught up and wanting to go right into letting y'all know to stop acting a hot fool and a hot mess on these internet streets that I forgot to give my normal greeting. If this is your first time tuning in to Conversations with Toy, I am Toy, the podcaster. I am also a content creator and a blogger, writer, freelance writer, social media um, manager, all the things and Thank you for being in this space. In this space, I like to talk about things concerning mental health and wellness. Always, 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 always. No matter what we're talking about, we can always bring that into the conversation. Should be very more normal and normalized to do so. In addition, I like to talk about things that are happening on these internet streets, like telling y'all to get up off these internet streets, monopolizing war and acting a hot fool on these on these internet streets. Please stop because there are people that are hurting, family members that are being uh, broken up, that are losing children. It's just too much going on. Just please stop. So we talk about things that happen on these internet streets and we talk about things that I feel like, again, some people would shy away from, wouldn't want to have a conversation about because they are too concerned about not looking perf- picture perfect and that is not what this podcast is for. This podcast is for those who are okay with knowing that mistakes are going to happen in life. This podcast is for those who feel like they haven't been seen because you know people are ridiculing them because they know their lowest moments. That is what the purpose of this podcast is for. This is a place of encouragement. And if I feel that there ever needs to be a trigger warning, I will always do my due justice to give that to you. Now, again, trigger warnings come with the level of what do I feel is a trigger. But anything that's talking about death, destruction, anything that's just talking about things that like, again, that you would need to be, in my opinion, would need to see a therapist for. I will attempt to give a trigger warning. And we are not going to be talking about the war and death, but I will say again, like I stated when we started this conversation, please do your due justice to stop out here embarrassing yourself, embarrassing your family and breaking down communities that are in pretty much a riff right now. And, and, and do your research. Like I am a political science major with uh, concentration in international law, international um, 
conflict. So I could go into a whole rant and debate about what I feel is happening over between um, Palestine and Israel. I could do all of those things, but this is not that type of podcast. All I can say is that this, I would, I would employ you to do your own research. I would employ you for you to get some knowledge about what is happening um, and vet your, your, your sources, you know, stop using people like your social media, uh, personalities, your, your favorite celebrities, because they're saying certain things and it sounds really beautiful because if you're not doing your research and you're going off of what a celebrity is saying nine times out of 10, they're not even doing their research. I will say there's been plenty of them that I feel has been hitting it right on the head, but there's so many that are missing the mark. All I can tell you is do your own research, do your research. And you honestly should be doing your own research when it comes to a lot of things. Um, as an influencer and I using my little fake uh, air quotes is because I consider myself a writer first, consider myself a blogger first, then I would consider myself a creator. Thirdly, I would consider myself an influencer. And the way I look at the way of influencing and the way we talk about influencing from what I believe, I feel like I'm going to live my life and show examples of certain things that work for me. And I feel like it should inspire you to either add to the things that I'm doing, take away from the things that doesn't work for you and for you to find your own voice and your own thought process. Sometimes people think that because they are considered an quote unquote influencer, they feel like everybody has to march to their beat of their drum. That's not necessarily how this works. How this does work is again, get your own thought process for what it is that you believe. Make sure that you stand on principle, like whatever your principles are, you have to stand on that. And when you see somebody that's inspiring you, it should motivate you to want to do something good in your life. It should want you to, you know, motivate you to say, okay, I want to try that product because I see how that's working for her. And I think that would fit my lifestyle. Stop using and seeing things because you see your favorite using and doing things that doesn't fit your lifestyle. Like there are certain things that certain celebrities or other bigger quote unquote influencers are doing that just doesn't fit my lifestyle. Doesn't make sense for me. It would not work out for me because their life and my life are two different lives and I don't have the same connections, resources, and things that they may have. And although what they may be doing may look beautiful and sound, I'm more interested in making sure that things fit me, my lifestyle, my family, the movement that I make every single day. So consider that when you think about what is an influencer and how you look at the world of influencing, because an influence is supposed to just simply motivate you. It should be motivated you to try something different. It should motivate you to try something new. An influencer should be tr motivating you for you to step out of the box or out of the comfort zone to try something that you believe may work in your favor for whatever it may be, big or small. We are going to talk about Halloween night versus Hallelujah night. Now, if you don't know what Hallelujah night is, I won't say that you've been blessed, but I will say that you just have not grown up into the realms of being a child that has been grown up in their church. Again, I have said it before that I'm a PK, which is a preacher's kid. And both my parents were preachers. And so my life was a little bit different. So let's just talk about that in a couple of seconds about the Hallelujah versus Halloween and what do I feel about Halloween now? How do I celebrate or not celebrate it? What do I do? What don't I do? What don't, what I don't do because I do have kids. Uh, we'll get into all that in a few seconds, but a couple of things that have taken place. Now, Jesse Smollett, who, if you remember, used to be on a lot of amazing shows. You may remember him from the Mighty Ducks, um, but you also may remember him of recent from the Fox drama series called Empire, where he played a character called Jamal Lyon, who on the show um, was struggling with coming out um, in his sexuality because his father, Lucius, um, aka Terrence Howard, 
um, was anti um, about the LGBTQIA is a LGBTQ um, community, and so therefore the struggle between his music and being who he really was meant to be and having his father eventually start to accept him, but the struggles of being a black man um, in the queer community and in the music industry, this was his role on the show. Well, since being on the show, he has also been known more or less because of him um, being found guilty of lying about being attacked in Chicago, saying that he was, it was all this big elaborate scheme. Um, And so this, so he actually just recently went into or has decided to go into a rehab facility and everybody's in arms about it. And maybe you didn't even hear about it because you're probably like over the fact that again, we were talking about his case for so long. And by I say we, I don't mean me. I do mean just in general on these internet streets, how many people were talking about, um, about what he's been through his lies and how basically he's almost being defined by that lie. And it's amazing. And if you've ever been in a situation again, maybe not as elaborate, but just as you've done something where, you know, obviously you've had some type of negative connotation, people will hold on to that negative connotation of you and it will last for quite some time. And how do you get past when everybody seems to only focus on your past, but they don't see your future or your present is one, you just continue to live. Um, and you get into the purpose and the, the point where you don't try to prove people wrong. You let people think what they want to think and you kind of move on. Now, you know, he said it was a hate crime hoax. It was a lot going on. So he has decided that he would be at an outpatient rehab facility because he's had a hard couple years. Now, hard is subjective because some people say, well, if you ain't out here lying, you ain't got to worry about having a hard life. Um whatever the case may be, but whatever his issues are for going into rehab, one thing I will say is that I will never um, not encourage somebody to do what's best for them, especially when you're talking about rehab, when you're talking about mental health, when you're talking about, you know, addiction, substance abuse, because you never know what people are doing and what they're struggling with on the, you know, on the inside, what they're struggling with behind closed doors. I'm not here to judge whether or not Jesse Smollett was telling the truth because I wasn't there. And honestly, it's not really of my concern whether or not he did what he did and whether or not it was real or true because it's just not. Maybe I should have more concern. Maybe I should have more care. The part that I'm more focused on being that we do talk about mental health and wellness is that again, some of your, sometimes when you go through mental health moments and I am not telling you that when he lied, that this is an argument for him to use as his mental health. What I am telling you is, is that this when you do have whatever it is that's going on in your heart and your mind and your body. And let's say, for instance, I use myself. I'm going to even use Jesse. I use myself. So when I talked about this before dealing with postpartum depression, one of the things that really was a wake-up call for me was that my husband had, I want to say my husband, but we had some mutual friends that were here visiting with us. And because my mindset was in one level. Now, let me just be honest about the background. A lot of people didn't realize, especially for those who may have been in my inner circle who knew parts of the story, but not the full story. I was going through this heap of postpartum depression. In addition, um, moving from my small town to Philadelphia, um, leaving my family, leaving a job, like all these different changes were happening at once and coming up here was just in Philadelphia is here is just was so much for me. Well, in the midst of that, I was already had a young, young daughter and then found out that we were pregnant with our second child. So, you know, you have a child that's under two years old and now you're pregnant with a baby in your belly 
and you had this baby and you're trying to, you know, figure out, you know, your life, how that's supposed to look. I was struggling already with just trying to get settled in and the outburst that I was having, I unfortunately had these types of situations happen in front of other people, people who I would not have never, I actually would have not wanted them to ever see me in such a light. Not that it was necessarily bad, not that it was necessarily good, but I just, when you're having a mental breakdown, and I do mean when you are legitimate having a mental breakdown, one of the things that people get embarrassed by is the fact that other people are seeing them in the midst of their breakdown. Now, looking back on it from my eyes, eyes and perspective of now, I can see where that worked out for my good. I can see how it wasn't that deep where I shouldn't have not had been as focused on what people were thinking or saying. But when you're in the middle of a, of a mental breakdown, and at the time I didn't even know what the mental breakdown was, I remember how many people decided to have conversations and whispers about what they thought was happening or how they thought my personality was. I've always been labeled, I won't say always, but I would say in the last, hmm, I would say maybe since my daughter was born, like with like my family, my husband's family or friends or just people that generally would have known me in that time where again, I can look back and say, I know exactly what was wrong with me. I've gotten clarity about what happened. I understand it was again, seeing me being, you know, if I'm considered to be somebody who doesn't want to talk and I'm kind of standoffish, then it's like, oh, she's too good to be around us. Uh, I'm actually dealing with my own thing and I wasn't sure what I was actually dealing with. Um, I was extremely overwhelmed, but didn't feel like I could ask for help. I didn't have a village because my village was pretty dominantly my husband's family and friends. And as much as I should have been grateful for having such people in my life, at the time, I just felt again was like something that I had not been doing right for myself. Like I should not have needed to lean on other people, or at least that's the way I was feeling at the time. And I say all that to say, there's so many times when you feel embarrassed or you know that every time you go out, people are thinking about it or in your mind, even if it's not true, you feel like the eyes are always on you. People are always repeating back, you know, the things that you've done or say, I, you know, I remember when she was doing A, B and C. And so it took me a long time to get some thick skin. I honestly hope that Jesse Smollett is okay. I hope that he is getting the help that he needs if that's what he needs, because I'm not here to judge a person about what they need or don't need. I'm just not. Because I know what it's like to have the world look at you. I know what it's like to have my village of people looking at me. I know what it feels like to, again, to always be associated with the bad thing that you've done. And when you try to shake away from that and try to do better in your life and try to move forward, people won't let you forget those, those, those hard moments. They just won't. So this is why having the right people in your circle means that they're not going to, that doesn't mean that they're not going to make mistakes, but having the right people in your circle will make and take away some of the sting of embarrassment or feeling guilty or feeling upset because you had a bad moment. And I hope that whatever Jesse is doing for himself, that it is true and real for him and that he gets the help that he needs because... I couldn't imagine in my small circle, everybody keep looking at me or pointing their finger at me or whispering behind my back. Or again, these perceived notions of what I believe happening. And, and that was hard for me and my level. I couldn't imagine what it would be like for him. I'm sure every time that he's out and about, if he's anywhere, it's always going to come down to this last situation. Now let's keep it a hundred. He was convicted of this lying. Let's say that that was actually the case. 
you know, we also have to think about when we make a mistake or when we openly do things or we have these elaborate schemes and plans to do certain things and things just don't pan out. You got to also stand 10 toes down on the mistakes that are made. Um, now that I've gotten to the point where, again, I've got taken care of my mental health and I'm still continuing to take care of my mental health, I can look back now and at the point that I'm at now and say I'm stronger for that situation happening. And I'm okay with the whispers continuously happening because one thing I will do is, it's not that I'm avoiding people because people who know me should know that I'm a very confrontational person. I don't mind if you knuck, I will buck. Um, so I don't have any problem with confronting people about something that I've done, something that I was involved in, anything like that. I do have a problem with, again, um, people reliving that moment. So I would just tune people out. I don't know where Jesse's mindset is if he's able to do that. Obviously, whatever it is, he needs help. And I'm, I'm all for help. I'm all for help. Because so many people are just like, oh my God, he doesn't need help. He should be, you know, he should have been worried about that when he wasn't, when he was doing that thing. We've all been in that situation. Like, I don't know anybody who's ever been in a situation where you should have thought about something and you knew, or you may have even thought about it. You knew you was doing wrong, but went on ahead and did it, right? Because if you're not that person and you're saying, I've never had that moment, I don't know why you're still here on this earth because you've already managed to basically survive all the things. Like you have already reached the epitome of already knowing how to live this life without any mistakes. For the rest of us who are like me, who make mistakes constantly and consistently and has to find themselves always either apologizing, changing their behavior, changing their mindset quite often. That's for me. Like I get it. If you need help, you go and get that help because while you're worrying about what everybody else is saying, you're just delaying, delaying, delaying the help that you already know you need. So for any other Jesse out there, and I'm not talking about anybody who's lied about or made a hoax because listen, let's not waste these police, you know, these police's time with no foolishness. But in the same token, whether it's this high level of this or anything that you can put yourself in a category, remember our worst moment don't always have to take us out. And even when it feels like our worst is going to literally be the thing that everybody holds on to, eventually you'll get strong enough to either allow the people to talk and be in the same place of them and keep moving, or you'll just remove yourself from that situation, learn from it, change your ways. And I mean a whole 360 no, actually a whole 180. And then you'll get to the point where, again, you'll make better decisions. And those who are going to rock with you will rock with you. And those who won't, just won't. And that's a hard pill to swallow. I don't understand why people don't understand that. See, I don't understand people are like, well, you should just have a thick skin. My skin is thick. It's very thick. But I'm also a human. I'm also um, a person who just recognizes that, you know, I don't like a certain thing. Like, I am human. So... Best wishes to him. I hope that he does get his life together because we all are two steps away from our biggest mistake. And it's only grace that holds us together and allows us to make a better decision every single day. We can wake up and may do something wrong. And one small situation, one big situation could literally take us out. So I don't take anything for granted for that. So just, you know, again, I hope just he gets himself together. I want to talk about goal setting and goal checking because goal checking to me is just, again, having several check-ins. I, it must be me, but I do a lot of check-ins. Like, you know, a lot of people do the once a year check-in, you know, when it's about to be the new year and they do the whole, let's forgive everything, let's forget everything, let's kind of move on, let's kind of move forward. That is a form of check-in, yes. But another form of checking in is like taking stock of the things that are happening around you where it concerns your goals. Are you on task 
to completing whatever goal that you are set. And if you're not on task, what can you do to get on task? If you've taken some steps back or you've seen that the path is going a different direction, do you go ahead and just say, okay, let's go ahead and let this happen and let me figure out a way to keep moving in this direction? Or do you switch? You have to figure that out. And every day we make the conscious decision to do better for ourselves, to make our lives become better than what they were the day before, the month before, the year before. I say all that to say this, is that I need you to do a better goal checking. I want you to get used to doing goal checking, sitting down and discovering where you need to do better at without allowing it to be so overwhelmingly overtaking you by every fault that you've ever committed because you'll be sitting for a long time. Yes, you've got to learn how to forgive yourself and move forward. So continue goal setting, goal checking, making sure you are where you are supposed to be. Now, this week, since we've been talking a lot about mental health, We've been talking about wellness. We've been talking about mistakes. We've been talking about vulnerability. This week I had and went over online and went live with Governor Shapiro. I've worked with Governor Shapiro quite a few times on quite a few things, especially when anything comes to do with mental health and wellness. And we took some time to go over the fact that he signed an executive order to basically have it where Mental health is just as important and will be treated the same as a broken arm, a broken leg, going to get to, you know, going to the hospital because you have the flu. It should not be a long drawn out process and you shouldn't have to go through 10 different hurdles to try to get the help that you need. Now, this executive order is not complete and fix all the things. But one thing that I knew, know that I'm just from learning um, Governor Shapiro from over this last couple of months is that. When he says that he's about something, that he's going to work towards something, he's putting people in place and wants to know what the follow-up is and tries to move forward. Now, that's not saying that you have to be a listener or a follower of Governor Shapiro. It doesn't mean that you have to agree with everything that he's doing. But as far as making movements in the state of Pennsylvania, I will say that he is most definitely doing that. He is making sure that we have all the things that we need. And again, one of the biggest gaps is going to be substance abuse. One of the biggest gaps is going to be mental health awareness and finding solutions to people who are dealing with whatever mental health illness that they may be dealing with. And the same thing goes for our children. Our children do need to see therapists. They need to make sure that they are in line. They need to be able to find a resource that they have someone else outside of the people that love and know them to have an objective conversation with them and try to help them to sort things out. It is really imperative that we understand how important that is and not to shy away from having that ability happen in our lives. So I honestly hope that if you tuned into the live that you would share it. If you didn't, I'm going to put a link in the bio for you to go back and listen to it or listen to it for the very first time. I am the type of person that's going to ask questions that I feel are going to be necessary for the everyday person. Um, And I try to keep it that way because I want people to be able to understand the bare bone basics of what this executive order is. I also will be providing in the next few weeks a couple of more resources for anyone in general, but also those who live in Pennsylvania specifically so that you can find a way to navigate this new space. If you're just coming into the knowledge that, again, we all need some sort of mental health. We all have something that's going on within inside of us that somehow we need to find ways to push through that and make better decisions for ourselves and our families and our communities. So Thank you for all who had listened to that live because it really meant the world to me to see the support because again, you know, if I was just showcasing this grand, glamorous life where I had access to certain amounts of money and my house was all beautifully aesthetic and I had this in place and that in place, it would make sense that I would be in a position to be like, well, you know, I'm fine. I don't need anything. But 
I don't care what you have, what you don't have. You need to make sure that you're okay. And if there's moments in time, moments in your career, moments in your life, life moments in your lifestyle where you discover that you're not, then take a step back. Take a breather. Consider writing a list of the things that became less important to you, but should probably be at the top of your list of importance. Because again, I want us to all live our lives the best way that we know how. And if we don't know something that we should be able to ask questions and get the answers. So stay on the lookout for those answers coming your way. Because again, my job, in my opinion, is to empower you. It's to empower you to, you know, convert that into change. Let's talk about Halloween versus Hallelujah Night. I'm not even 1000% sure that my home church as a kid really had Halloween, like Hallelujah Night. I know they didn't have no, no Halloween but I'm not sure if they had the Hallelujah Night. So let me just give you a brief description about what is Hallelujah Night. So Hallelujah Night usually is on the same night of whenever Halloween exists. And it is supposed to be a space where you bring in a bunch of young people so that they don't have the need to dress in costumes. Um, they can kind of just kind of relax and lounge out, have some refreshments, talk about their things that they're going on, and then you go about your way. When I was 10 years old, my parents moved us to um, Lancaster from Virginia and our lifestyle in Virginia was a little different than it was at 10 years old, coming to Pennsylvania, coming to Lancaster, Pennsylvania specifically, and then, you know, meeting and going to this one church and then becoming members of that church. A lot of the things that I would consider as a kid to be fun completely stopped. Certain things you just were not allowed to do. Certain things you just weren't allowed to be around and have yourself being involved and entangled with. So I say all that to say is that Hallelujah Night was made, in my opinion, to give church kids a different uh, atmosphere for them to not have to celebrate the devil, as I was always told, or Halloween. And I had already experienced the other lifestyle of that. I experienced my parents taking me out every year for Halloween, you know, going through our candy and checking things. It's like a running joke in our family about times like, okay, one kid stole a piece of candy out their bag. And, you know, you have all these different things, but Hallelujah Night does not allow for any of that at all. And um, at Hallelujah Night, again, you're surrounded by kids that are probably around your same age or a little bit younger. There's supposed to be food, snacks, and then, of course, the, the candy because they're saying, okay, we're not going to go out and trick-or-treat, but we're going to provide you candy because if that's all you want is candy, then we'll give you candy. Um, no one considered about the thought process of like, what about your friends? You know, how do you navigate that space when someone asks you, do you celebrate it or you don't celebrate it? We just didn't do that. We kind of just kind of went on a whim and whatever worked, worked, and whatever did not, did not. And... As we're getting closer and closer and closer and closer and closer to Halloween, I just want to know, like, how many of you guys are preparing for Halloween? Do you celebrate it? Do you go out? Do you wear a costume? Do you hand out candy? What is the level? Because there's a lot of uh, ways to really combat that. There's a lot of ways to go through that, get in there and figure out what you want to do. So Hallelujah Night was not my favorite night. I really did not like it. I didn't see the purpose. One of the reasons why I didn't see a purpose was because if you're going to give me candy and you're saying, okay, well, we're not going to have you go to stranger's house to get the candy, which is one safety protocol. I'll give you that. But if the answer is, is that, um, we're going to sing songs, we're going to dance, we're going to watch movies, we're kind of get together. It becomes like a church 
a church sleepover. I didn't see the value in myself. Probably more I could see it now, but back then I couldn't because it's like, what is the point? Why are we doing this? Why are we here? What are we doing this for? And if we don't really agree with the things that are happening. So when my parents decided to join this church, I was just like an up in arms. I didn't fully agree with us coming there. I thought like, again, a lot of the things that were happening was everybody knew what the pastor was saying, but nobody could tell you what God was saying because pastor's voice became longer or louder or stronger than the pastor's voice. Um, as an adult now who has my own family, we don't necessarily go to things that are extremely, extremely scary. Um, some people do, that's still what they can do. Nobody is going to judge anybody. And I just, I find that to be interesting. And I love that for everyone who has that situation, but hallelujah night was the night where again, you were not allowed to dress up. You were not allowed to kind of go outside. You stayed in one, one place that would be church. And while you're in church, you were going to learn about Jesus. You were going to learn about maybe the origins of Halloween and the best way that they could find a video for. Um, and you kind of just relaxed and chilled. Again, there wasn't any other option. It wasn't like I could say, well, I don't want to do that. I'm not doing that. And then just kind of move on. When it comes to Hallelujah Night, it's going to be mostly women with their, you know, at least in my church, it was like women with these long dresses and long skirts. Everybody had to be a certain, you know, pristine level and thought process. Everybody had to have the same one band, one sound. And Hallelujah Night just wasn't my favorite. I didn't want to sing church music on a Hallelujah Night because I felt like at any point, if there was a need for me to sing, we might as well just call it a regular service um, instead of Hallelujah Night. The youth did not care one bit. It didn't make it seem like it was fun because it says Hallelujah Night. It just did not. And now that I'm older, again, I don't really necessarily take my kids out trick-or-treating. There's only one spot in the city where I will go, and that's Clark Park and the houses that surround Clark Park because that is a full-fledged community. It's not just a bunch of people living there. I'm sure there's like a couple of stragglers that live in that area, but for the most part, it's going to be an area for, again, people to go out, navigate themselves, find out what they like, what they don't like. And Hallelujah Night just did never do it for me. So if you're celebrating Hallelujah Night, this is not for me to judge you. I'm just telling you that for me, who was a child that went out and did trick-or-treating and Halloween events prior to coming to my parents' church, I find it to be very much disturbing the fact that we continuously think that we need to live this life of it's going to either be Hallelujah or Halloween. Um, make up your mind what you choose to do because there's a lot of folks that's condemning people for even going out, putting on a costume. And it's just, you know, you have to decide for yourself. For us, we uh, dress up every year. We don't do anything elaborate, but we just have, you know, you're running the mills, got, you know, costumes. And again, if we're going to Clark Park, we'll go there. We will trick or treat in that area, but nowhere else. For the most part, I like to take my kids to trunk and treats. Trunk and treats is one great way for kids to kind of get out, extend that energy, wear their costumes. And again, there's you know, they have meal deals. You can get all kinds of stuff. So for me, it's going to be, um, trunk or treat for us. And we have so many truck or treats to go to that you may, you are going to see, if you follow me on social media, you are going to see the repetitiveness of these costumes. Costumes are costing way too much money. I feel like my parents could go to Dollar General and get me like a quick little five to $10 costume when I was a kid, most likely $10 costume. That days, those days are not there anymore. It's just the place where I'm going to get things and get situated because the way that trick-or-treating is set up, just, you know, people are going all out. You see celebrities make these elaborate costumes and then you have people who don't celebrate at all. So they feel like they can't engage with like Halloween costume or not even costume, but just Halloween themed items or things. And they also don't feel like they could just flow in and out of traffic 
and everything will be cool and good to go. So make up your mind if you're doing Halloween. Make up your mind if you're doing um, Hallelujah Night. Again, it's mostly for young people. It's, again, a place for everybody to come together, to have like minds, to know what it's like to, okay, yes, I also didn't do that as a kid, or yes, I'm good, but, you know, I kind of healed from that. I'm, I'm in a good place. There's so many different ways to establish that. So Hallelujah Night, not my favorite. Halloween, I do celebrate it to an extent. Again, we dress up. I try not to do anything too scary. And we enjoy time of like, if we go with our kids school, they'll have like food and, you know, icy trucks, like there's all kinds of different things that's happening. And so we like to focus our attentions on that and move right along. If you live in the Philadelphia area and you like Circus du Soleil, I need you to get your booty in the seats because the last shows are happening this weekend. It ends on Sunday. I want you to make sure that you get your tickets. The same goes for Bounce the City. Bounce the City is one of the most mega, um, I don't even want to know, call restraints. You know, somebody who had her in cuffs or had her, you know, have, not her. I just mean children in general. Don't want to call people her or him. Now, the deep people that I've, I know for a fact that I grew up with would be like, see, that's what happens when our young people get older. They just do whatever they want. And how she's saying she doesn't like Hallelujah Night. I never liked the premise of Hallelujah Night. It's not that I didn't like the activities that they were doing. It's just I never liked the premise because, again, if we're having candy and doing all these things, we might as well just say that we're having a Halloween party. But instead of saying Halloween, we call it a Hallelujah. Like, I just didn't see the premise for it. I didn't see the premise for it too, because largely, because again, some of those kids that I went to church with may not have experienced going out for trick or treat or wearing their costume, but I had already done that for at least 10 years. So you take somebody who's used to wearing costumes and getting dressed up and doing certain things. And now you're telling them, no, they can't do certain things. Like, and especially for kid math, that's kid math. Don't, isn't the math don't be mathing. So that was always my, my major premise when it comes to Hallelujah Night, because it didn't make sense to me. And of course, no adult during that time would explain it because of course, you know, we don't talk to kids. We talk to them. We don't talk to them. We don't listen to them. We just tolerate them. And that's just not the way that I believe. My kids have the experience of, again, they dress up every year, but also my kids, for the most part, they dress up in the house almost all year round. And I mean that like wholeheartedly. When I was just talking to one of my, I think my sister, and I was telling her about how like my son, he would go, you know, we'd be at the the movie theater we would be at a park or we would be you know I don't know whatever place that we were at my son for the most part would be the one that would have on a costume and if you let my kids wear a costume now they're gonna rock a costume almost every single day they just like that they like being kids and I feel like too for, for many of us we don't always get to you know we couldn't be kids because you know we just couldn't just our lifestyle wasn't the same at least I'll just speak for myself but I'm not making my kids go to Hallelujah Night. I know that sounds bad. I know that sounds bad. But this is the reason why. It's just not a it's not a situation where I feel comfortable with it because there's no consistency. Um, Hallelujah Night just doesn't seem, it just doesn't seem, it just doesn't seem where it needs to be. However, I am all for kids having a space. So if you want to call a Hallelujah Night and you're offering a bunch of youth in your community to come in and know that they can get stuff that is going to be, you know, free from issues then I'm okay with it. But outside of that, it's a no for me. I'm not here for the Hallelujah Night because largely a part of how it's ever organized. It's never organized in a time and a space where you really feel like you really had a good time or they wanted you to feel like you were having this Hallelujah Night and that was going to trump you wanting to ever go and do things, 
you know, like dress up and get candy. Like it never stopped that. It never made me feel that way. And if I remember correctly, I could be reading, maybe this is my memory is just all the way to, wrong, but I feel like sometimes, um, the Hallelujah night was just like supposed to be like, okay, we gave you some space. We allowed you to be kids. We allowed you to do this thing. So you just need to move forward. Um, I don't need a consolation prize. Hallelujah night is going to be whatever people who are running Hallelujah night put into it. And oftentimes I just feel like they don't, I feel like they just want to feel like they gone on record and say, we've offered a, a different alternative. I, I feel that way. I, I'm hoping that I'm wrong. I'm hoping that I, that's not the case. And it's just me feeding into things. But for me, it definitely feels that way. So we talked about Jesse Smollett going into therapy. Again, I'm always for people trying to figure out how to make their lives better, even if I feel like they're doing this 17, 11,000 times. The point of the matter is, is that he's doing whatever he feels needs to get himself together. We talked about Hallelujah Night versus Halloween. I am not here to persuade you on one team or the other. Honestly, some people do both. And I have no personal problems with that because I feel like people should do what, what makes them feel good, especially when it comes to being in certain social aspects, because being in a social atmosphere already is trouble enough. So I don't need to add anything else to that. So we talked about Jesse. We talked about mindsets. We talked about um, mental health. We also talked about and thank Governor Shapiro for taking time out of his extremely busy, and I do mean extremely busy schedule. I've seen it with my own eyes, how as much his schedule moves and helping Pennsylvanians get the help that they need and to have the resources and referrals that they need to get um, the care that they absolutely need. So they can, again, come into a classroom without their own past scarring ideologies and just kind of teach and be there for students and move forward and move ahead. That is my goal. We talked about those different things. We talked about different ways of working through, working with um, Hallelujah Night. Again, I'm not saying that I'm against Hallelujah Night. I'm just, again, against the fact of how it came about and what we're trying to ramify, why we're trying to put something else in its place, especially when it comes to Halloween, just throwing something together and kind of moving forward. That is definitely not it. Nobody, nobody wins. Nobody wants that. At least that's how I see it. And we just have to find a better way to handle life and life stressors. There is no drink of the day. I've been kind of laying low on the drink of the day because every time you turn around, there's like something happening. And my worst fear is to try to uh, minimize things that are happening to people all around the world. Remember to do not use your platform to come against people and to make fun of people and to make light of people, their real life trauma, their real life pain. We're not here for that. Nobody wants that regardless of how you feel. You can take a stand on that and, and make whatever conscious conversations you want to have about it. But if you're going to post it, Keep in mind that when you do post and you put it out there, it is out there. It's very seldom that you're going to get something quote unquote back from the internet. So I just implore you to find a way to celebrate yourselves this weekend as you go into one more, I guess it's technically one more final prep week for Halloween, making sure you have all the things that you possibly could need. I will be talking with you again next week for Conversations with Toy. I am so encouraged by your sheer um, presence and thank you for listening to podcasts of Conversations with Toy. Make sure that you share this with at least one other person and find one activity that really fills your cup and makes you feel absolutely amazing. Have the most incredible weekend. We will be back. And for those who don't know, I am a blogger, so I will have that as well as all the information we over went over into the show notes because I want us to be great. I want us to know where we're getting our sources from and vetting things. Have the most amazing weekend. We will be back next week. Make sure you take care of yourself, especially your mental health, because you are absolutely deserving of that.
Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.